Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. That's crazy. On a Friday! It's all even with your boy, Barry Grant. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud as well as YouTube. So like, share, and subscribe to that. What a beautiful Friday. Friday the 13th. Lots to get into. Thursday night football between the Titans and Colts. NFL picks are on the way as well. We're going to dive into a lot of NBA drama. Trade season is here. Lots to get into with that. The Marlins. Yes, the Marlins. They've made history today. Not a bad way. In a great way. And last but not least, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. So let's just jump right into it. NFL Week 10 is underway. Thursday Night Football, we had a good one, y'all. We had two good teams going at it between the Colts and the Titans. Colts ended up winning this game 34-17. The defense stepped up big. Special teams also stepped up big in this game. And that was the story. They capitalized on some mistakes and ended up pulling away and won this game. Phillip Rivers had a good game, 308 yards passing, a touchdown. Naheem Hines was the guy of the night. 70 yards on the ground. He had a touchdown. He also had five receptions, 45 yards, a receiving touchdown. He was the difference maker offensively. And Michael Pittman Jr., that kid had a phenomenal night as well. Seven catches, 101 yards. So they did what they had to do. They capitalized on mistakes. They scored when the opportunity presented itself. Special teams stepped up as well with a block and a score. So they got all facets of the game working, and it was tremendous to see. On the Titans side of it, I mean, honestly, Tannehill wasn't that bad, but he wasn't good either. 147 yards passing, a touchdown. Derrick Henry, he had 103 yards on the ground, so he had a good night. Corey Davis, five catches, 67 yards. I'm sure that his heart was, you know, his heart was heavy. His brother died of cancer, and he still played, so... You know, my, my my thoughts and prayers go out to his family as well. It must have been a really, really tough night for him, but he stuck it out. I'm sure his brother would have loved the fact that he played in his honor, kept playing because that's what our siblings and that's what our friends and family want us to do. Like, whatever makes us happy, we got to continue to do that because just because they're gone doesn't mean they want us to sit around and not have a life after that. There's time for mourning, but there's also time to... Try to pick yourself up and honor them the best way you can. Going back to the game, though, there was not much they can do offensively. They just didn't have a good night. The defense played okay, but they weren't great. So 
Just chalk it up to one of those ugly games for the Titans. It happens. Good teams struggle sometimes. You have great games. You have decent games. You have some poor games. This is a poor game from the Titans and doesn't mean that they're they're not a, a good team. For the Colts, the Colts are for real. They have been playing great defense all year. They've been getting timely, consistent play from Phillip Rivers. He doesn't have to be spectacular for this team to win. And that's a good thing because Phillip Rivers at times can be a turnover-prone quarterback. And right now, he's taking care of the football. He's not making crazy, nuts decisions with the football. He's making smart plays. They have some semblance of a running game. It's not consistent. You know, Naheem Hines had a great game, but it was supposed to be Jonathan Taylor's backfield, and he's not doing anything. So, you know, they they have to find some groove there. Obviously, we, we're looking at a committee here, but if one guy can be able to come about and be that bell cow that they need for even a majority of the game, and then you can be able to change pace and change speeds or direction with somebody else. But they need some guy that they can be able to rely on. And Naheem Hines was that guy tonight. Hopefully he can be that guy going forward, but tonight he was the man. So the question is, where does this game leave these two teams? In my eyes, the Colts are starting to move into that top 10 range of really, really good teams in the NFL. Like they're they're proving their worth, man. They're not a they're not a flashy team, but they have guys that can make some plays. And also that defense, they turn the ball over. Special teams, they turn the ball over. If you have your defense that can be able to get the ball, that's a great thing. There's a lot of defenses that can't get the ball. They're not a terrible defense, but if they can't get the football, it extends drives. It makes other teams look better. You can't get off the field. You can't get a stop. You can't get a turnover. You, you know, your numbers are going to start to elevate and your defense is not going to be that impressive. This defense is impressive. Why? Because they can go get that damn football. That's exactly what you want them to do. So, you know, like I said, I love the, the Colts. They're one of my favorite teams to watch. I like how they go after it. I think Frank Wright is the coach of the year, in my opinion. There's no other coach that has been doing this good of a job. He's done a great job with this unit so far. He's going to continue to do a great job, and he is my pick for coach of the year. For the Titans, they're still a top-five team in the AFC. There's nothing wrong with them. It's just a bad game. However, if you want to say one thing, they need to make sure that they're getting stops and turning the football over. They got to get their hands on that football defensively, consistently. They can do it for a couple of games, but over the last couple I'm not seeing that consistency, so I need to see that grit come back. Um, they're they're fine, like I said. They gotta work some things out, work some things out offensively, because for some reason they're not able to move the ball through the air. And if they can't move the ball through the air, then Derrick Henry's job gets that much harder. So they have to try to make some plays through the air. Then that play action pass gets that much more dangerous because you always have to worry about Derrick Henry. And, you know, that's that's the reality. They are a run-first team, absolutely, but you have to keep the defense honest. If Tannehill can't do that, they're going to lose a lot of games, period. Turning my attention to the game of the week supposed to be. You know, I didn't have a show on Monday. 
A lot of stuff going on this week, but we back on it next week. Don't worry about that. But I wanted to talk about the Saints and the Buccaneers. Obviously, this has been dissected for the entire week by pundits and everybody. But now I'm going to get into it because what I saw in that game, obviously it was a beatdown, but what I saw was I saw a team that's in a power struggle right now. And what I mean by that is that Bruce Arians has been the lead dog in Tampa Bay. He's the quarterback whisperer. They had Jameis last year. You know, he threw for a bunch of yards, threw for a bunch of touchdowns, and threw a bunch of interceptions. And he felt that he had to upgrade that position. In comes Tom Brady, and this is the most winningest quarterback in all of history, right? This is six Super Bowls. This is, you know, 20-plus years of stability. Arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. He's coming to your team now. And I feel that Bruce Arians never truly allowed Tom Brady to, like, run this offense. So Brady's here. You know, they have Byron Leftwich as the offensive coordinator. Everything's fine. Cool. But that game that I saw against the Saints, it looked like a team that just, they didn't know what to do. Like, Bruce Arians was, you know, I don't know if he was calling the players or if it was Leftwich and him. But it just seems like Brady is just like, all right, well, you know, it's not my situation, so I'm just going to run whatever plays you give me. And it was so vanilla. They didn't play with any energy. You would think that they had Antonio Brown back, that they would have some type of spark on that offense, that they would run some some new plays or something. You got a really great receiver there. Try to mix things up. I didn't see any of that. All you saw was three and out, three and out, three and out. The defense couldn't stop anybody. Tom Brady was throwing the ball all over the place, interceptions. So it was it was just a terrible game. And I'm not blaming Brady altogether. Yes, he had a bad game. He's had a lot of bad games. And Tampa Bay hasn't looked that impressive this year. Only in about two games they looked impressive. Against the Packers and I think against, I can't remember the other team. But they have an issue here. Because when Peyton Manning went to Denver, they turned the keys over to Peyton. Like, hey, here's the offense. You do what you got to do. We go as you go. So we ain't, we ain't worried about nothing else going on. Whatever you say is what we running. And I think that Tom Brady has some influence on this roster, on this franchise, right? Gronk is here. You have all of these other guys. Fournette is here. A.B. came all of these things have happened because Tom Brady's here. So why not fully give him the keys? It's like you gave him the bends, but you didn't cut him his own key. You know what I'm saying? He still got to turn the key into you every night after you come back. Like, nah, give him the keys and let him drive that thing. And if it, if it, if it goes bad, then obviously you have the other way or the other style to fall back on. But you got to allow Tom Brady to be the guy. You, you signed up for him. For two years. Two years of Tom Brady. So you're not going to allow him to, you know, call the plays. You know, I, I talked to Mike Guido on our live on Wednesdays, every 5.30 on Instagram live. Check that out as well. All leaving live. And he said that if you turn the keys over to Tom Brady offensively, then you're in a world of hurt because he's not going to be able to execute what plays he's drawing up because of his diminished arm strength the fact that his 
ability to read defenses is not the same. The fact that he can't escape the pocket and there's no extending plays. So I get that side of it, but still I want to see more Tom Brady. I want to see more audibles at the line. I'm not seeing that. And I think this is why they they just don't look that impressive. And if this is the case, Tampa Bay is not going to win a Super Bowl this year. Tampa Bay is not going to win a Super Bowl next year. So they're going to have to figure this out. Him and Bruce Arians are going to have to figure this out because Bruce Arians is, you know, he's he's criticizing Tom Brady in the media. Brady's not used to that. And, you know, there, there has to be some common ground here. I, I believe that Bruce Arians is trying to hold on to his authoritarian, you know, position within the organization. And there's a little power struggle here. They're winning because they have some talent. But they can be so much better than what they are right now. Coming up after the break, my NFL picks on a Friday. It's all even. I am so stressed because I hate my job. Let me guess. You're at a dead-end job and find it hard not to press the snooze button? Well, come down to Connecticut School of Broadcasting. We have campuses in Westbury, New York, Boston, Connecticut, New Jersey, North Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. Develop your skills in broadcast media that include audio production, television, radio, and sports broadcasting. Learn from industry professionals in a small, intimate class setting for a better experience. The hands-on training is second to none. And if you're worried about what to do after graduation, the Connecticut School of Broadcasting helps you to get job placement. Take it from me. It took me seven years to get here, and it's been the best time of my life. Go to GoCSB.com or dial 1-800-887-2346 for a studio tour. And who knows, maybe you'll be the next media superstar. Welcome back, y'all. So let's just jump right into it. Week 10 NFL picks. Let's go. First game we got is going to be the Texans and Browns. Texans are 2-6. and six. Browns are 5-3. and three. Browns are going to have Nick Chubb back. I think it's going to be a dynamic game for them on the ground. I have the Browns winning this game 27-17. There's no reason to think the Browns can't win this game. I don't like Baker Mayfield. I think he's a terrible quarterback. But they're going to be able to have their way with this Texans defense. J.J. Watt has been playing you know, his ass off, but that's just one side of it. He's only one guy. And they give up a lot over the top. You know, Deshaun Watson has a tough task ahead of him, to say the least. You have Miles Garrett coming at you with that terrible offensive line that they have over there. It's going to be a rough, rough day for Deshaun Watson. Next game after this is going to be the Washington football team against the Detroit Lions. Washington is 2-6. and six. Lions are 3-5. and five. Lions are coming off a terrible loss. You know, Dalvin Cook just ran all over them. I mean, he does it to everybody, but, you know, I, I really thought that they were going to win that game. I have the Lions winning this game. I have faith in them. They win it 29-25. to 25. It's going to be a little shootout. No defense will be played. I think Matt Stafford gets it done. You know, they, they need to start playing a little better. Matt Patricia's job is actually hanging in the balance, honestly. You know, that seat is getting hot, hot. Next game after this is going to be the Jaguars and Green Bay Packers. Jaguars are 1-7. Packers are 6-2. We all know where this game is going, right? Jaguars have mailed it in for the season. 
you know, they play hard, but they just don't have that much talent. Uh, you know, Gardner Minshew was hurt for another week. But listen, that kid Luton played well. He played well last week, but it comes to an end this week. Green Bay is going to beat the hell out of them. 35-17. to 17. I think Aaron Rodgers goes for 325, three touchdowns. Devontae Adams is going to do Devontae Adams things. Nine catches, 140 yards possibly. And I think Aaron Jones has a good game as well. So that's going to be the tale of this game. We all know the Packers are one of the best teams in the NFC, if not in the entire NFL. And they're going to continue to dominate and start setting their eyes on that number one seed in the NFC. Next game after this, we're going to have is the Eagles and Giants. Eagles are 3-4-1. They're number one in the division. Giants are 2-7 and seven, coming off a win. But I have the Eagles winning this in a tough game, 20-17. Carson Wentz hasn't been that impressive, but he's battling. You know, they don't have a lot of talent there. Miles Sanders is coming back. Hopefully, he can be able to give them some, some oomph on offense. He's a very, very dynamic, special running back. For the Giants, listen, they've been playing pretty decent football over the last couple weeks. Defensively, they've been playing better. Joe Judge has done a good job with this talentless team. And they're starting to move in the right direction, which is a good thing. That's all you can ask for. The fact that Saquon Barkley went down, you know, uh, Daniel Jones is not playing that well. They may be playing uh, and vying for a quarterback in this draft as well. So, you know, but they've, they've played hard. And that's what I like to see. Even teams that are in transition where they've kind of said, all right, it's all about the draft. It's all about next year. I still want to see them play hard. And the Giants do play hard. And kudos to them kudos to joe judge for getting these guys prepared every week to at least try to win a football game next game after this is going to be the tampa bay buccaneers against the panthers bucks are six and three panthers are three and six panthers are one of the most competitive three and six teams i've seen out there teddy bridgewater has played well i thought that this game would be a little bit more competitive the fact that Christian McCaffrey was back last week, but he's now banged up with a shoulder injury. So this kind of changes things. I had the Bucs winning this game, but they don't win it decisively. They win it close. 27-24. Tom Brady has a decent game, but not, not special. But I do think Antonio Brown gets into the end zone this week. That's, that's, my, that's my hot take. Next game after this is going to be the Broncos and Raiders. Broncos are 3-5. Raiders are 5-3. Broncos have been playing well. They're not a bad football team. The Raiders are also not a bad football team. They're very underrated. I have the Raiders winning this game 28-21. I think that Derek Carr has a fabulous game. Josh Jacobs ends up having a good game on the ground as well. I think Henry Ruggs is going to have a dynamic performance. Call me crazy. I, I don't know. I, I just have a feeling. But on the other side of it, the, the Broncos have some talent, man. Jerry Judy is, is a talented rookie. You have the other kid, Patrick. They have some guys here. So the fact that Cortland Sutton went down, you're starting to see that they got some weapons over here, man. And if they can be able to get healthy in regards to their running back position, they're going to be a problem, you know, going forward this season. They're not going to be a, a, an easy out. Next game after this is going to be the Chargers and Dolphins, a tale between two fantastic rookie quarterbacks. I can't wait to see this game. This is going to be one of the best games of the week. I have the Chargers winning this game, though. Call me crazy. I'm a Justin Herbert fan. I never pick against the Chargers. <laughs> I like Tua as well, but Justin Herbert is special. Chargers win this game 
35 to 30. It's going to be a shootout. It's going to be an impressive game by both rookies. Somebody has to win. Somebody has to lose. Period. The Dolphins have been playing excellent football. They're 5 and 3 right now. They're actually vying for that division crown in the AFC East. That is that is remarkable given where they were last year and everybody thought that they were going to struggle this year as well. So, Brian Flores, that coaching staff, they deserve all the credit. He has molded this team in his liking. I like what I'm seeing. He reminds me a little bit of Mike Tomlin. And if you can be Mike Tomlin, that's a great thing. Next game after this we have is going to be the Bills and the Cardinals. Bills are 7-2. Cardinals are 5-3. and three. Bills are probably arguably one of the best teams in AFC. I'm not going to say that they're the best. Steelers are still the best to me, but the Bills are very, very close. They're extremely close to that top spot. I had the Bills winning this game 28-20. They end up stifling Kyler Murray. I don't know if they're going to be able to stifle DeAndre Hopkins. He had a terrible week last week. I don't see Hopkins having two bad weeks in a row. I haven't seen Hopkins have two bad weeks in a row his entire career. So expect DeAndre Hopkins to have a breakout, breakout game and get right back to being the one of the best wide receivers, if not the best wide receiver in all of football. On the Bills side, just to touch back on it, you know, they have the holy trinity in football. Like I said, great owner, great head coach, good quarterback. That's the recipe for success. If you have that nine times out of ten, everything else is going to fall into place and you're going to have a special, special situation. That's what the Bills have. They're going to continue to have that. Uh, Stephon Diggs has been a godsend for Josh Allen. A godsend. He's had a phenomenal season. Their running game, you know, they have complementary backs. They don't have a bell cow. They have complementary backs. Zach Moss is a good back. You also have Devin Singletary. He's a good back. They complement each other well. And then you still have Josh Allen that can rush for 100 yards in any given game. So, you know, they just they're just a special bunch. They play well. They have a good defense. So how can you not pick them week to week? Next game we have after this is the NFC West matchup between the Seahawks and Rams. Seahawks are 6-2. Rams are 5-3. This is going to be a good game. I have the Rams winning this game 35-32. It's going to be a shootout because the Seahawks play no defense. I believe Jared Goff is going to have a decent game. With that defense, he's going to be able to exploit them. Both Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are going to be able to get off their running game. They have a complimentary running game. They're going to be able to be effective as well. On the other side of the football, listen, you have Russell Wilson. He's probably arguably one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in football. He's going to have a great game. DK Metcalf is the most unguardable football player, if not athlete, in all the world. So he's going to have a good game. But defensively, they give up too much. That offensive line is bad. Their secondary is poor. Their linebackers are poor. Their defensive line is eh. So, you know, as much as I love Russell Wilson and I don't like to bet against him, they just don't match up well with this Rams team. I just think that this Rams team is a little bit better. And when you have a poor offensive line that they have, Aaron Donald is going to be in that backfield, and he's going to be in that backfield every particular snap. So, if that's the case and Russell Wilson has to be running for his life the entire game, that's not a recipe for a win. So I, I got to pick the Rams. I have to pick the Rams. But it's going to be a shootout, like I said. Next game after this is going to be the 49ers and Saints. 
49ers are banged up at four and five. Saints are six and two, coming off a dominant win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I have Saints winning this game easily, 32 to 20. They're going to be able to do exactly what they want. Michael Thomas is back. He had a decent game, his first game back. Expect him to build on that. Drew Brees, Mr. Old Man, is still trotting along. He's still effective, so they're going to be fine. Alvin Kamara is probably one of the most dangerous weapons in all of football. The 49ers are not going to be able to stop them. Nick Mullins, however, I want to see how Nick Mullins per, uh, performs. I think he's a pretty decent quarterback. He's not going to be their quarterback going forward for the future, but I do believe that he's a great backup, and he's proven that, that he can be able to move the chains, give them that that quick, you know, as soon as the, the ball is snapped, he can get that ball out fast. That's what they're looking for. So we'll see what happens, but I don't see them winning this game. I don't see them coming close to winning this game because all of their weapons are gone, and it, it's it's it'll be such a huge upset if they do win this game. I don't see the Saints allowing that to happen. I just don't. Next game after this is going to be the Bengals and Steelers. Bengals are 2-5-1. and one. Steelers are 8-0. They're the only undefeated team in all of football. Ben Roethlisberger, as I said, is my comeback player of the year. They're playing phenomenal. Juju has been stepping up his game. I had the Steelers winning this game and winning it big, 35-20. They are... Their defense is, is phenomenal. They get after it. They get stops. They get turnovers. Joe Burrow has been impressive all year. We've talked about it ad nauseum. The guy is, he's a vet already. He looks like a vet. He's poised. He knows exactly where he wants to go with the football. He has this organization heading in the right direction, but they're running into a buzzsaw this week, and it's going to be a dominant performance for those Steelers. I believe that James Conner is going to have a good game this week. Next game after this is going to be the Baltimore Ravens and Patriots. Ravens are 6-2. Pats are 3-5. Pats are coming off a squeaker against the Jets, so that's not real positive. I got the Baltimore Ravens winning this game and winning it big, 32-17. There's no way they're going to be able to contain Lamar Jackson. This defense is not that good. Cam Newton... He's still okay. He had a good comeback win against the Jets, but this is a different beast. He's not going to be able to, to do anything against this defense because they don't have much weapons on the on the Patriots. They have, you know, that Myers kid who's he's looking impressive, but that's about it. There's nothing much they can do. If they can be able to control the clock, control the line of scrimmage, maybe they have a chance, but I just don't see it happening. I don't see it happening at all. And for the Monday night game, we have the Vikings and Bears. Vikings are 3-5. and five, Bears are 5-4. and four. Vikings are the most impressive 3-5 and five team I've seen. They're not as bad as their record. So they should be 4-4, four and four, maybe 5-3. and three. But if they can win these next four games that they have on their schedule, they're going to be all right, man. I see three winnable games on this schedule out of the next four games. This is one of them because the Bears are in free fall. They're not as good as their record. They're 5-4, and four, but they're not that good. Nick Foles hasn't been impressive over the last few weeks. Their running game is awful. David Montgomery has not been the guy. He has a concussion. Who knows who they turn to in the backfield? Maybe it's Cordell Patterson's week. I have no idea, but they do not look good. And I, and I don't see how they can be able to turn this around. They're not going to be able to turn it around against the Vikings. Dalvin Cook is going to run all over them, run all over them often. 
and aggressive and it's going to be sad to watch he may end up going for 250 and have a total of maybe close to 300 yards from from scrimmage he's going to bust up that bears team bust them up bust them up that's it for my for my nfl picks for week 10 i i had a i had a rough week last week rough week rough week my cousin had to tell me laughed at me but it's a new week i can be able to bounce back and get back on that winning horse so let's see how I pan out. And if you got something to say, debate me. Do it. <laughs> Coming up after the break, some NBA news. On a Friday. It's all even. Yo, yo, what up? It's your boy DJ G Money representing that Flip the Script podcast. But listen, right now I'm listening. I'm tuned in. I'm tapped in to a brand new podcast called the All Even Podcast with my man Barry Grant. Yo, B, what's up, man? Congrats on the new podcast. I'm listening right now. I'm tuned in. Fire. Fire. All even. We here. Let's go. Welcome back, y'all. You ever had that friend where you guys are playing sports, whether it be baseball or be football, whether it be basketball, whatever it is. And it's like, yo, you know, this is your man. So like you guys go clubbing together. Y'all always on the phone laughing and cracking jokes and you hang out together. But when it comes to playing basketball or playing a sport, you just can't play with that, guys. Like, yo, every time y'all play, there's an argument on the court, right? (laughs) I bring this up because Russell Westbrook and James Harden apparently, reportedly, do not want to play with each other anymore. And my reaction is, (laughs) why is anybody shocked I remember when this deal happened and, you know, we're, we're coming off the Chris Paul, James Harden drama where Chris Paul couldn't stand him. James Harden couldn't stand Chris Paul and they ended up having to get rid of him. Right. So now Russell Westbrook comes in there. Oh, they're best friends. They, they, they hang out together. They're so close off the court that it's going to work. They're going to make sure it works. And they end up getting into the bubble, facing the Lakers running into that that steam engine and they lost they lost decisively fast forward now we're hearing reports that neither player wants to play with each other Russell Westbrook has you know requested a trade out of out of uh, Houston and James Harden wants to stay now you would think that both players would want to go right Nah, that ain't the case you know why that's not the case Because James Harden wants to just be the guy by himself. He doesn't care about having another star. He doesn't care about winning a championship. It's all about padding his stats. That's what it's about for James Harden. He cannot play with another player of an all-star caliber. Why? Because he's stuck in his ways. He dribble, 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 step back three. Dribble, 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 go to the lane, floater. Dribble, 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 dribble. Fake that you got fouled. Go to the free throw line. That's James Harden's game. That does not bode well for another superstar to just sit there and wait for the ball. When Chris Paul was there, Chris Paul's argument was, look, Dan Tony, I'm a point guard. Let me be able to facilitate the offense, and I can get James Harden in spots where it'll be very easy for him to get buckets. No, 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 no. This is the way we do things. Let James Harden do it. So you just want me to stay out here on the perimeter and just wait here for the basketball? That's not the way I play. 
How do you think Russell Westbrook feels? He's not a guy that just sits around and says, all right, well, I guess I got to wait my turn. He is used to having the ball in his hands. These are two guys that have the highest usage rate in NBA history. One is one and the other one is 1A or, or two, whatever you want to call it. Their usage rate is ridiculous. That's why they turn the ball over so much. That's why they have such bad shot selections. That's why they have such a volume of shots because they always have the ball in their hands. How do you think it was going to work out? This is, this is not a shock. And the fact that Daryl Morey was forced to put this together by that guy Furtada, this, is, this just shows you how nuts it was because not even Daryl Morey wanted to touch it. Daryl Morey was like, yeah, 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 I ain't touching Westbrook. And Daryl Morey is nuts. <laughs> so you can imagine what he was going through. Like, you want who? How, why? Why would you want that? Why would I want another knucklehead that jacks, this, that, that jacks up 50 shots a game? I don't want that. But okay, if, if it's not my decision, then I'm going to go ahead and pull this trigger, and then I'm going to end up leaving. And that's exactly what he did. This, is, this has been a dumpster fire, and this is not a surprise. Dwight Howard was there for three seasons with James Harden. He hates James Harden. Chris Paul will never come out publicly and say that he dislikes James Harden, but he dislikes James Harden. And Russell Westbrook, that's his man. That's his man, 100 grand. They're going to be able to hang out off the court. They're going to be able to still talk on the phone, text each other, play video games, whatever they got to do. But on the court, Russell Westbrook is saying, I'm never playing with that dude again. If it's not an all-star game, I want no parts of the court with that man because his basketball game makes me angry. And I don't want to be angry anymore because I don't want to fight him. I don't want to fight him on the court. And if Russell Westbrook is saying this, <laughs> you know you got to be bad because other players say that about Westbrook. He's the same guy that you, you can't play with him either. So where does this leave Russell Westbrook? Where does he go? Obviously, there's not going to be contenders that are vying for Russell Westbrook's services. It's not going to happen. I'm hearing that Charlotte is a lead candidate to, to uh, acquire Russell Westbrook. I'm hearing the Knicks are starting to kick the tires on a Russell Westbrook trade. But you're not hearing any, you know, contenders for an NBA championship or a playoff spot. If these teams get them, obviously they'll be fighting for a playoff spot, but they're not guaranteed. This is the type of player that Westbrook is. He's such a dynamic guy. He's a one-man gang. He rebounds, he assists, he scores. You cannot put another great player around Westbrook because he just sucks up all the energy. And he doesn't do it purposely. That's just who he is. That's who Allen Iverson was. Allen Iverson was a one-man gang. He played with so much passion, but you know that style of play was not conducive to winning an NBA title. This is what Russell Westbrook is. Mr. Triple-Double, Mr. Statpatter, you're not going to win a title with him. Simple. So if you're going to get him, if you're the Knicks, you're going to do it because you're trying to change the culture. In New York, you want guys to be able to say, hey, a superstar came here. He loved this time here. You can be able to come here too, and you can be able to build this franchise. That's how the Knicks are looking at it. They're not looking at it as a ticket seller. The Knicks sell out anyway, even when they're bad. So... 
this is something where they're just trying to kind of like revamp their their image. For the Charlotte Hornets side of it, listen, Jordan and Westbrook, they're on the same brand. Jordan loves Westbrook. I'm sure that this is going to be a a great grab for for Jordan. He's never had this type of player in his organization. So, you know, if it works out, it works out. But I don't see that the the, the Hornets are going to make the playoffs or they're going to be a dynamic team. No, Russell Westbrook is going to put up a triple-double season. He's going to average 32 points a game, 12 rebounds, 12 assists, and we're going to be like, oh, my God, look at the numbers. But at the same time, where does it get you? It doesn't get you anywhere. They look nice. When he's all said and done, when he's retired and he's in the Hall of Fame, you're going to look at his numbers like, man, that's pretty impressive. But where did it get him? He got one finals appearance, and he's never gotten close since. And he won't get close. Why? Because you cannot put another bona fide star around Russell Westbrook. He is a succubus. He's a basketball succubus. That's what he is. In other news... The Lakers are interested in DeMar DeRozan. Rumors are saying that the Lakers are trying to put a package together that includes Kyle Kuzma and Danny Green. Look, I'm not a big DeRozan fan. He can't shoot the three. He's a little, he's okay defensively. But as a third wheel, guy can give you 15 to 22 points a game. Yeah, do it. Throw in a gym bag, throw in a pack of cools. Throwing some high life, doesn't matter. Just get Kyle Kuzma off this team because he wants a big contract. How? How are you expecting a big contract? Off the season that you just had? No. I don't see them doing that. If the Lakers end up, you know, extending Kyle Kuzma, it would be to trade him. You're going to give him the contract and then ship his ass out. So maybe they're kicking the tires on a DeRozan deal, but I don't see them pulling it off. I think that they try to see if there's another bigger deal out there. There may be another bigger deal out there for them to get. I believe that DeRozan can always be had. So they can be able to wait on this and see what the free agent market, you know, gives them, what offers they can be able to, to you know, hand out to guys. Is Rondo coming back? Is KCP coming back? You know, I'm hearing rumors that Avery Bradley may opt out. So we're going to see what happens, but... That can always be there for them. I don't think that they have to do it right now. The rumor mill just keeps swirling as the Celtics and Hawks are trying to vie for Drew Holiday services. If the Celtics can get Drew Holiday, that puts them, you know, one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. If the Hawks can get them, that now puts them in a position to make the playoffs. So either team is a good fit for him. He's a veteran. He can be able to bring that leadership the, the Celtics need to find a way to get over the hump. And I think with a Drew Holiday, they have the resources and the firepower to possibly get over the hump. For the Hawks, it's a veteran guy. You don't need any more young guys on this team. You need some vets that can be able to get you to the playoffs. That's what you need. You have Trey Young. You have Jason Collins. You have some star power here. You now need some veterans to be able to put that puzzle together. That's what they need. And, of course, the Clippers are in the news, right? Of, of course the Clippers are in the news. Kawhi Leonard, his Nokia brick is definitely going to need some charging because he's calling everybody to come to the Clippers. He, he called West, you know, Westbrook. He's called CP3. That's the new rumor going around, that he wants CP3 to come back to the Clippers. 
Can it? Is it possible? Uh, you know, I don't see what assets they have to be able to give to OKC to pull a deal off. But if they get it done, hey, kudos to them. Now you have three guys on the team that can't get you over the hump. <laughs> Chris Ball has been there already. He's done that. He needs to go with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, two winners that could be able to get him over the top. But if he wants to go back to the Clippers, that's fine. You want to be with Panic P. You want to be with Kawhi Leonard. You want to be with those guys. Go ahead. It's fine. I don't see it happening, though. But if it happens, I will be front row with my popcorn waiting for it to fail. Because anything that the Clippers touch is going to turn to garbage. This man, Kawhi Leonard, thinks he's such a power broker. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> but please, keep trying. Like I said, charge your Nokia. Make sure that it's 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 on a hundred, and and make your phone calls. Make your desperate phone calls to whatever star you feel that you can be able to convince to come to the Clippers. <laughs> Jesus. Switching gears to baseball news, the Miami Marlins have made history. Excuse me if I'm not saying this young woman's name correctly, but Kim Ying is the first female GM in professional sports in America. This is beautiful. You know, she's, uh, you know, she was with the Yankees. Derek Jeter and her have a relationship. It goes back to those days. You know, they also have a COO over there that's a woman. So the Marlins are doing great things. They're doing spectacular things. They are changing the game. I hope that other teams follow suit. It doesn't have to be in baseball. It needs to be in every sport. So, but the fact that it's in baseball, I like that. Now I need to see black GMs, I need to see those particular things happen. So, you know, we're crushing, we're crushing barriers here. We're breaking down walls. I love to see this. I hope that she does well. I want to see people judge her and criticize her on the job that she does, not on her gender. Oh, she's a woman. We know that she, no, I don't want to hear none of that garbage. I want to hear that, yo, she's a great GM or she's a terrible GM due to this, 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 and this. Not about that she's a woman. Let's give her a chance. Let's see how this goes because the Marlins need help. And if she can be able to help them steer the, the, the ship in the right direction, then kudos to them. I like this move. Trailblazer, congratulations. This is big time. Coming up after the break, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. On a Friday. It's all even. This is a public service announcement. Down to your luck. Tired of being curved? Sick of going out with the fellas and being the only loser without a lady? Well, I got something for you. It's called Sex Panther. Legend has it that it's made out of real bits of real panther, so you know it's good. To men, it stings the nostrils. But to women, you may as well be a slab of meat in a dog pound. And that's not all it does. You could be getting ready to see that special fox and disaster hits. No money in the budget for gas, only dinner for two. No problem. The fumes from Sex Panther can give your car 38 miles to the gallon. Sold you yet? I thought so. For $69.99, go from unlovable loser to the cock in the walk. Sex Panther. 60% of the time, it works. Every time. Welcome back, y'all. So without further ado, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. Dummy, yeah. We pick candidates on Monday and Friday, and then we pick the winner on that Friday show. 
since there was no show on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, there's only going to be one candidate this week. And that's fine because they deserve it. They deserve all the accolades for Dummy of the Week. May I have the drum roll, please? And the winner is Nike. Nike is my... Because have you seen these NBA jerseys? <laughs> these NBA jerseys are horrible. I used to play pickup basketball on the weekends. I was a weekend warrior, right? So my teams, we used to always have jerseys designed for us. And, you know, we always look the best in the league. Shout out to RG Sports. And these Nike jerseys don't even look that good. My jerseys look better than those. <laughs> I seen one, the Knicks one, with the, the, the city that never sleeps. Garbage. I seen the Philadelphia one. Garbage. All of these jerseys I've seen, they all look cheap. They all look low rent, low budget, like you went to Jamaica Avenue and got a screen print. <laughs> the only good jersey I saw was the Spurs jersey. They went back to the Fiesta colors, you know, the bright colors, which was dope. But other than that, all of them are trash. I saw the Chicago one. I'm like, what is this? What is this nonsense? I don't understand what Nike's doing, but over the years, over the last couple years, their jersey quality has been awful. Remember the, the, the couple years ago where jerseys were just ripping off a guy's backs? That was Nike. Like, whatever sweatshop they got this in, they need, to, they need to cancel that sweatshop and go get another one because the quality is poor. <laughs> and whoever's designing these jerseys, they need to call my man RG Sports because this is terrible. Terrible. I don't know what focus group they had where they had people sitting there. Do you think that this, this particular, you know, uh, uh, design is great? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's perfect. There's nobody that will tell you that those, those designs are perfect. Bring some hood dudes in there. Have some hood guys in that particular focus group. And, and you know, commenting or reviewing these jerseys. They'd be like, nah, this is whack. This is corny. You got you to put some more flavor into it. Like, this, this ain't Chicago. If you see that jersey, that, that city jersey, that don't scream Chicago to you. That's corny. New York, corny. Like I said, the only one that I saw that was nice was that, that San Antonio jersey. I would not pay any money for those Nike jerseys because, first off, somebody going to be like, yo, is that a variant? <laughs> is that a swing man? Nah, that's a real jersey. Nah, that ain't no real jersey. Get out of here. That's an NBA jersey? They going to laugh at you if they don't know exactly what's going on, if they're not watching the league. That's how cheap they look. I don't know what Nike's doing. Maybe they cutting budget <laughs> Maybe they cutting budget over there and they can't afford like the top notch designers. But whatever they have over there, whoever they got running that that particular department, they need to be demoted or fired because it ain't good, man. It ain't good. So Nike, your company is the biggest losers right now because of your design team and what you think is popping. But you're a winner for Dummy of the Week. That's all for this week. I'll see you guys back next week i promise on monday everything's fine we're gonna have a regular week we're gonna have some big games this weekend in football maybe some big trades happen in basketball we we don't know 
Shout out to the NL and AL MVPs and the Cy Youngs, Shane Bieber, you had Trevor Bauer, you had Freddie Freeman, Jose Abreu, you guys had great years. So until next week, stay safe, stay cool, peace. You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at All Even Podcast. Listen to the show on SoundCloud and check out my YouTube channel, All Even Podcast. And don't forget to share, like, and hit that subscribe button. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.